0: Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Just about every verse that uh, we're going to look at this morning is going to come up on the the screen, but by all means, uh, if you want to follow along uh, in your Bible uh, as well. Uh, We're in this series uh, entitled 40 Days uh, in the Word, and already I'm getting feedback from you. And so uh, some of the feedback has been, Dave, this is really hard, finding time, uh, to actually spend more time in the Bible, uh, I get that. Uh, we, we know it, it isn't going to be easy, but uh, thank you for trying. Uh, but I've also had comments back of saying, Do "You know, Dave, it has been hard, but I, my my life my life is getting changed by this." Uh, and so that's the whole idea. Um, we're passionate in this church uh, about this book. Uh, the whole of our uh, existence here as a church is centered around here, because in here it's all about our Saviour. Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and so, if, if we want to get into Jesus, we have to get into his book. If we want Jesus to get into us, we have to allow this to get into us. But remember what I was saying to you. You can read this and you can study it and it can be of no use to you whatsoever. We have to be one dependent on the Holy Spirit. I, I have not learned a thing from this book that's not been revealed to me by the Spirit. But this this... This letter, this word will be dead to us without the Holy Spirit. But praise God, God wants to give us the Holy Spirit. And so when we come to these pages, can I encourage you, when you open them, say, Father, I'm blind, would you help me to see? I'm deaf, would you help me to hear? Uh, Would you please bring this to life? That dependence is absolutely critical. The second thing that we need to be doing is we need to be looking for the author, Jesus Christ himself, the one who wrote this, even before the creation of the world. Um, It's a story of redemption. Somebody's described it as the greatest love letter ever written. And so over these uh, coming weeks, we're uh, we're going to be uh, looking at why it is that we should be uh, getting into God's word And I thought it might be useful to start off this morning by just saying something about what God's Word says uh, about itself. So um, if you have a look at the first verse for me, it's from 2 Timothy, chapter 3. This is what it says uh, about Scripture. When it's talking about Scripture, it's not talking about the New Testament. Uh, It's talking about, because the New Testament wasn't written at that point, it's talking about the Old Testament Scriptures. Uh, So, even though we are Christian, we don't reject the Old Testament. You can't understand the New Testament without understanding the, having the basis of the Old Testament. But, of course, you can't really understand the Old Testament without the New. The two go together. Uh, This is what Paul says to Timothy. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for a number of things. It's useful for teaching. It's also useful for rebuking for correcting and training in righteousness, so that the man and woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Interesting phrase right at the beginning of that verse, isn't it? Um, That all scripture is God-breathed. I remember somebody once saying that God's word is not only inspired, we believe it's the inspired word of God, it's also the expired word of God. He breathed into it. And I can't think of um, that verse without going back to Genesis. Uh, Have a look at Genesis. what it says uh, at the birth of humanity. It says, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. It's the same language. Uh, It's the same life that's been breathed into this that was breathed into our forefathers. There is without doubt life uh, in the pages of this book. Have a look at uh, John chapter 6, words of Jesus. Remember I was saying earlier about the dependence of the Holy Spirit as we read in God's Word. It's co-authored, Father, Son, Spirit. Jesus said, the Spirit gives life. The words I've spoken to you are Spirit." And they are life. I know there are a number of you here, and I thank God, who are seeking God. I praise God for that. And the key for seeking God is saying, Holy Spirit, would you open my eyes? Holy Spirit, would you open my ears? Holy Spirit, would you bring your resurrection to life? It isn't about you getting a sharper intellect although God wants to work on our mind, It's something we have to receive through the Spirit. The Spirit gives life. The words I've spoken to you are Spirit, and they are life. Listen to um, this quote from uh, one of my favorite authors, um, Tozer. He says, A loving personality dominates the Bible. Walking among the trees of the garden, And breathing fragrance over every scene. Always a living person is present. Speaking, pleading, loving, working. And manifesting himself whenever and wherever his people have the receptivity necessary to receive the manifestation. I love what Tozer does there. He takes us back again to Eden takes us back to that picture before the fall where our Heavenly Father walks with us in the garden. And the language is very clear from Tozer that God is here this morning and He wants to walk with us and He wants to talk with us. Out of His Word, He wants to breathe His life into us. Now, that doesn't mean it's always comfortable what He has to say. Sometimes what He says, He really puts he really puts his finger right into into the depths of us, and there's an ouch. Ever had that experience? I'd love a pound for every time I've had that experience. Um, Listen to what it says in Hebrews. Again, this idea about God's Word being alive. For the Word of God is living, and it's active. See, if you read God's Word, God's Word is never passive with you. It's always active. You will, God, we invite God. He will speak into our lives. Maybe perhaps that's why we don't like reading it. Maybe we're afraid of what He's going to say. I've, I've been like that sometimes. For the, word of, the Lord, uh, word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And this is where it gets really scary because it talks about us being absolutely naked before God, transparent where every thought that we thought maybe we've actually hidden from others is not hidden from Him. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom We must give an account. Oh my goodness. See, where you're sat this morning, where I'm standing, God knows all about us. And his word speaks right into the very fabric of our being. Down, right down, deep down, into the people that we really are. And sometimes that can be a rebuke, sometimes that can be a correction, but uh, on so many occasions it's a a word of comfort, of encouragement, uh, or of strength. Um, Can I I just say uh, to you, as my brothers and sisters, uh, I was with Marilyn this past week, as you know, uh, the funeral service for her daughter was this week. She wanted me to say to you, thank you. Thank you for the words of comfort. Thank you for the strength that... You've been. God's Word encourages us to be people like that. And God's Word often is a comfort. And she will have received cards from you with verses of comfort on. Last Sunday evening, uh, we had a service here, half past six, that we'll have another one tonight, which Alex is leading. Uh, And uh, we just come around the circle, and and the theme for last Sunday evening was uh, verses that have shaped your lives. And one after another. They talked about verses, and oftentimes it was... When we're at our extremity, the words of God have spoken comfort and kindness and hope. If, there's no wonder that the enemy would do what he can to keep us away from this, because the strength it gives us is quite remarkable. This book is alive, but it's also unchanging. Uh, have a look at the, this verse in Matthew chapter 5. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law. This is Jesus speaking. Uh, or the prophets. Um, the law, a uh, term given to the first five books of, of the Bible. Uh, or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them, says Jesus. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear... Not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Jesus said, It's not going to end. It's not going to change. I've not superseded it. I've fulfilled it. I've looked at another uh, reference again in Matthew. Heaven and earth will pass away. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Um. That all we know will actually come to an end at one point. God says it will. I have no idea. There are, <laughs> there are lots of people making money out of telling you when it's going to happen. Um, I have no clue. Jesus says nobody knows. Jesus said not even he knows. That's an interesting one. But what he does say is that it will come to an end. And God will actually wrap up everything. And we will all appear before the judgment seat of God. And, and, and what scripture speaks about clearly there. That the, the question that God will ask is. Uh, What is your relationship with my son? It's a big question, isn't it? So look at um, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. There you have it again. It's living and it's enduring. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flower fall. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Um, I was talking to Jonathan yesterday about, uh, I need another phone. My phone is um, is all very cranky now, and uh, it's changing. And I was asking him, because as you know, when you get to my age, you ask your children about technology. Anybody do that? Oh, yes. Um, and so, uh, he was talking to me about all these different... I tell you, I tell you who's different. It was Tony. Tony was talking to me. Talking about, what, something called Periscope this morning, Tony? Uh, some sort of new technology. If you don't know anything about technology, I have a word with Tony at the, at the back there. Because um, uh, uh, it's, it's some sort of device that you can have on, on your phone. Um, but one of the things that I find so funny, I remember going into British home stores, and I lived in Devon to buy my first mobile phone. I bought Sue and I bought our first phones from British Home Stores. <laughs> and they didn't look like the ones we have at the moment. Some of you still have phones that look like the ones we had at British Home Stores. But um, ours have changed a little bit. Uh, but what made me smile is that, you know, I think it's something called a Galaxy S6 that's out now, or an iPhone 6, or something like that. And and I was comparing it in my mind to this brick that I had, which I bought from British home stores. And it's all changed. My my life, the way I communicate, has changed so massively over the last few years with these smartphones. It's quite remarkable. And I think there's something beautiful about change. I I do like change, but, but, but there's also something quite wonderful about things that don't. You know, those kind of relationships which don't change. You may not have seen the person forever and a day, but you're with, you're with them again for two minutes, and it's as if nothing has ever changed. And you have this sense of warmth around you that, oh, this is good. One of the things that um, people may not be aware of because the media doesn't say much, is it, but, but the significant growth in attendance of Anglican churches and Catholic churches across this country. And uh, you don't hear of it much in the media. Um, I'm not sure why, but um, I I found that very interesting. And uh, we have a relative who goes to a Catholic church every Sunday. And one of the things that they get great strength from is the fact that they are part of a tradition that's been around for 2,000 years and very little has changed. There's something quite beautiful about that. One of the things that uh, we're making a very big thing of uh, with regards to the Bible is that um, not only is it alive, not only is it unchanging, but it sets people free. It transforms people's lives. And all of us, all of us here, whether or not you want to admit it or not, all of us here um, are enslaved in some way or another. It's usually anxiety or fears. Uh, and God says, I've come to set you completely free. And uh, on the notices a little bit earlier, uh, there was reference to two courses that we're doing at the moment um, uh, during the week uh, all about helping people to get into God's Word to allow Jesus to set them free. Can I just encourage you, if you're not on the, on the existing course, have a word with Ellie, have a word with Carol, have a word with me, sign up for another one because this Word sincerely sets you free, if you'll allow it to. Um, Have a look at um, this verse, John chapter 8. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I don't know about you, I've been a Christian now for, oh gosh, um, a while. Um, 40 years actually. Uh, 40 years this year I've been a, I've been a Christian, uh, and uh, one of the things that uh, I want more and more is to experience all that God wants me to have. And that's what I want for you, and that's, of course, why we exist as a church, because that's what we want for the community in which we live. And, of course, Scripture, um, which speaks about Jesus, it's the key, it's the foundation, it's the way to freedom. And, uh, and so for me, I, I know that God has been freeing me up more and more over the years, but I know there's still a long way to go. And it's true for you. And, and so uh, when, when you hear about these courses that are being offered, please don't just sit there and think, oh, I think that would be good for so-and-so. It's good for all of us. Because all of us need more and more that redemptive work of Christ that takes the work of the enemy out and replaces it with the kingdom of Christ within our hearts. That's what we need. So have a word with Ellie, have a word with Carol, uh, or myself, uh, about that. Can can I just, uh, I'm going to finish in a moment, but I just want to say that uh, one of the things I find quite interesting is why some people are antagonistic about the Bible. As you know, uh, people have burnt the Bible over the centuries. Uh, There are parts of the world now where it is completely illegal to own a Bible. North Korea uh, is one of those places. Um, It doesn't go down a great, I was going to say a great shake in Saudi Arabia, but that sounds ridiculous. Um, It it, 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 it doesn't go down really well. My dad uh, worked in Saudi Arabia for a while, and um, and he was saying that it was quite hostile to um, Bible ownership. So there are places, and of course increasingly more with uh, militant Islam. Um, I heard, I prayed about it earlier, but I I heard again about these atrocities. And and of course if you you were to go around in an IS held area, or or DASH as Tony wants us to call them, that's what the Arabs uh, call IS. Uh, Remind me what that stands for again, DASH. Okay, to them as biggest. Because what they don't want, you see, they don't want the name of Islam to be associated with what is actually going on. And you can understand why a Muslim wouldn't want that. So there are many places today where what we're doing, and we prayed about it again, and we prayed about it a lot because we, we know what's happening around the world. To actually own this book would be hazardous for your health. But I, I don't, I don't understand why. You see. see, because when you look at the teaching that's in this book, it is quite remarkable. And I just want to, I just want to show some verses, because when I've been bringing up um, children with my wife. Um, I can't think of any other foundation I would want to lay for them other than the teachings of Scripture. They're just quite remarkable. Uh, for me, as a, as a husband, uh, what it teaches me on how to be a husband, if, if only I'd listen to it, it'd be marvelous. Uh, let's, let's just have a look at some of these verses. Um, I've gone deliberately into the Old Testament. Uh, here we go. Here's the first one. Exodus chapter twenty. Um, We taught this to our children as a memory verse when they were little. Um, We thought it was great. Um, Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Uh, They also got me to memorize a verse from the New Testament where Jesus says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Um, So uh, I had to memorize that one. Don't kill people. That's a pretty good command, isn't it? Why would you have a problem with that? Let's have a look at another one. Some of you here will have experienced the sting of adultery. We don't have to ask you what it feels like. So so when God gives this command, he's trying to take care of us. Now, there are people out there who think that actually what we want to do is cramp people style garbage. God just wants us to be protected from each other. Um, You shall not steal. Uh, You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. What's wrong with any of these things? They're good, aren't they? Let's have a look at another one. From Leviticus. um, Probably not the most widely read book in the Bible. But there's good stuff in there. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Justice is really at the heart of the gospel. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life and the Lord. Do not hate your brother in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so that you will not share in his guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself, I am the Lord. Can you imagine what this world would look like if we lived like this? So why would you want to burn a book that contains stuff like this? Why would you want to stop its circulation? I, for the life for me, I, I do not understand humanity. Even if I was not a Christian, I'd say, what is wrong with that? Have a look at the teaching of Jesus. Uh, in the New Testament, uh, Matthew chapter 5, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Uh, Jesus said, um, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And not even the tax collectors doing that. By the way, if you are a tax collector here this morning, they were a little bit different uh, back then. Uh, being a tax collector back then was an, another word for thief, because they used to steal from the people. Some of you may have got a view on that now. Okay, we're not going to get into politics. Okay? <laughs> and if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is. Perfect. I'm going to suggest to you that actually if our world lived by these guidelines, what we'd see on the televisions at night would be so different. I tell you what, there's a lot of security firms who grow their business, wouldn't there? Somebody was saying to me about how we have corrupted childhood, and it's true, of course, isn't it? Uh, Because what happens is that a child will come out of their house and what will happen is mum and dad will unlock the house. They might reactivate the alarm system. They'll unlock the car, okay, which is also alarmed. They'll get into the car. They'll go to a school gate, which is now manned because they're frightened of people hurting people within it. And so right from the get-go, our children are put into a situation where security, security, security is everywhere. If only we would live in accordance with the words of Jesus. We wouldn't have to have that. Uh, We have some friends called Keith and Helen. Uh, We were on holiday with them just recently. And uh, they were talking about the cottage that they rent down in Cornwall. And they said the interesting thing about the village that they are in Cornwall is that nobody locks their houses. That That reminds me of a street that I lived on when I was a kid. Anybody else here? Remember that? Sad, isn't it? When you look around our, our towns, and uh, it's even come out now, coming out of the suburbs now, you've got CCTV everywhere. Why? Because people don't live according to this world. It's so sad. Uh, let me finish uh, with a couple of quotes. Um, uh, someone has once said that it's not the bits of the Bible I don't understand that worries me. It's the bits I do understand. Can you remember who said that? No. See, the Bible's very clear about so many things. The the problem is we choose not to live like that. Uh, Can I just talk to us about, uh, as Christians at the moment, this thing about loving our enemies? Uh, Some of us have a problem just loving each other. Why? Because... They irritate us. So easy, isn't it? Because we're different personality types. And yet God again says to us this morning, love one another. I find that much easier to hear than do. Uh, Let me finish with this quote from D.L. Moody. Let's see what you think of that quote. Um, Sin will keep you from this book. I agree with that. But I also agree that this book will keep you from sin. So this week, um, I want you to do uh, 20 minutes each day in God's Word. Uh, this is the covenant that we're trying to have together. Uh, also, if you're not part of a home group, please join a home group because we're doing this within our home group. Some groups meet weekly. Some groups meet fortnightly. Um, Please, please, if you're not part, even if it's only for this short season, be part of it, because within the home groups, um, what we're being encouraged to do is um, not just read God's Word, but learn how to absorb God's Word through different devotional uh, methods. The other thing that um, we're encouraging you to do is um, to... Uh, click onto a website, if those of you have got computers, click onto a website, and there's a daily verse for us to go through together, and also a daily devotional uh, to go through together. So there's a lot of stuff here. And again, my promise to you is this, is if you do this, dependent on the Holy Spirit, looking for Jesus, your life will change. I can guarantee you that. Why? Because Jesus promises it. He said, I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. This Lord, we've got all sorts of things to do this week. Would you help us to put you at the top of our list? Father, I pray that especially for those of us who call ourselves Christian, that increasingly Christ would be the center of our lives. Lord, I'm aware, so aware, of the many time pressures that our people face. Father, help us to be increasingly aware of the gift of life that you want to offer us in Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen.